Welcome to episode number 30 of Talking Mopars and episode number two for Listener Appreciation Week. We've reached 20,000 plus downloads, and to celebrate, you're getting a new episode every day this entire week. Each episode will contain a project car of the day, high-performance parts listener stories, and then a little segment at the very end of the show to cover some of Mopar's history. And that little piece of history is Scat City. And if you don't know what Scat City is yet, I suggest you go back to episode number 29 and listen to the first episode of Listener Appreciation Week, and that will give you an introduction to Scat City, because we're going back again today. So without further ado... If you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth. And I am your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter. And this is Talking Mopars. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter. Your direct connection to all things Mopar. Welcome back, friends. This is episode number two for Listener Appreciation Week, and on today's show, we are going for a little ride in a 1970 Dodge Super B with Dandy Dick Landy. But before we do that, we're going to talk Project Car of the Day, high-performance parts, listener stories, and then we're taking another trip back to Scat City. Before we get the show on the road, I got to give you guys a heads up. I am launching an online store where you can purchase Talking Mopar's gear to help support the show. There's going to be clothing like t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, hoodies, and long sleeves for guys, girls, and the little ones too. And we're also going to have some stickers. Ordering products is an excellent way to show your support for the show while getting something really cool in return. I will have more details on the store on Friday's episode, plus a little discount code for my listeners. But until then, let's get this show on the road. Today's project car of the day is a 1968 Plymouth Roadrunner that has seen better days. (laughs) Let me just say that. The car was posted on the Mopar Hunter Facebook page on Saturday, May 23rd at 9.25 a.m. And I joked saying that this is one of those $1,500 Mopars that we all want to find so bad. And the car is completely roached. Maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel. But let's check out the ad and then assess the car. 1968 Plymouth Roadrunner, $1,500. 68 Roadrunner body, I sell as is. I have the 383 motor and automatic transmission, $700 more. Title status is clean. Condition is fair. First and foremost, I'm going to go ahead and say that for $1,500, you better be including that 383 and the transmission because this car is completely toasted, but there's hope. So this Roadrunner is roached from the front back. It actually looks like, have you ever seen those custom paint jobs where one color fades into another and it's like halfway down the body? That's what this looks like except for rust on the whole front end. It almost looks like the car caught fire at one point, but basically what we're looking at here, folks, is a shell. And not even a complete shell if you look at all the parts that you're just going to have to toss. The Roadrunner hood, roached. It's not even worth trying to save. The front fenders are rusted. Even part of the door, the one door that's on this thing, which is the driver's side, is rusted. Um, It doesn't look like it's too cancerous, but it's thick enough surface rust that it would be concerning to me. The car doesn't have a rear end. It looks like it's missing a majority of its glass, except for 
the quarter windows and the back glass. And this is a post car, just so you know. It does not have a rear end. This car is sitting on the ground. No trunk, no passenger door. The front end is sitting with the K-member on top of a tire and wheel. This car is as far gone as you could possibly get and something that you would most likely find on one of these old classic salvage yards right before it gets crushed, if that's what the yard does. I know Steven's performance in Alabama does not crush cars, but some places do. And this car looks like it's just begging to be saved before it gets crushed. I mean, just looking at it, I can see some parts that could be salvaged, but for 1500 bucks, this is what I'm thinking. This car would make a great race car candidate. Why? Because every panel needs to be pretty much replaced. So here's what I would do. I would strip the car completely down. Get it all the way down, send it to the blaster, see what I'm working with. And I'm going to assume that all that's going to be left is the bare skeleton. That's with the hood, fender's gone, front door's gone, the deck lid's already gone, and I'm assuming that the quarters are going to need a lot of work and the floors in this thing are completely toast. So here's what I'm thinking. This would be a great race car candidate. Now hear me out. I know this is where people, you know, this is where I lose 98% of you guys because you're going, oh, he's out of his mind. But here's what I would do. I would go to a large fiberglass manufacturer and I would buy all the fiberglass components for this car. Then if I had the skills or I would have to outsource this part, but I would have this thing tubbed and I would have the floor completely tinned out. So it would be all aluminum. And then I would have a professional cage put in. And, you know, we're back having this thing. This thing's going to be a race car with nothing but anything that can be taken off this car and replaced in fiberglass, with the exception of the roof, is pretty much going to get replaced. Oh, and the quarters. So doors, I would get a whole fiberglass tilt front end for it and a fiberglass liftoff hood. I would get a fiberglass deck lid. I would get fiberglass doors. I would get Lexan windows. This would be my $1,500 race car. That's what this would be. And, you know, I would try to work on the quarters a little bit, but heck, while we're at it, we might as well chop those off too and put new quarters on this thing and just start with the shell. I think that it would be hard to find, and I know this car is completely toasted, but I really do think it's hard to find, you know, Roadrunners or any B-body for that matter for less than a thousand bucks, less than 1500 bucks. And you may get lucky and find one good on you. If you find one of these cars for that cheap, buy it. But for me, I see this car and I go, you know what? It's not dead yet. No Mopar left behind. As I always say, I would turn this thing into a race car for engine. Who knows? That would be something worth thinking about. I really like the idea of a turbocharged gen three, but that's just me. All I know is I want this thing light and with big, fat tires on the back, with a nice cage, couple racing seats. You know, this is one of those cars where you don't have to feel guilty for, quote unquote, butchering it into a race car. You know what I mean? So for me, that's what I would do with it. You know, and a lot of people are like, oh, start with something better. Hey, if I'm replacing all the metal with fiberglass, then I don't need anything better. I just need a, I just need a skeleton. And I think this would be a good, a good candidate. Um, if their frame rails in the back are toast, good. Don't eat them anyway. We're back having this thing. And as for the rest of it, you know, we can work with it. That's my opinion. 1500 bucks gets you a 68 Roadrunner that you could turn into a race car. That sounds like fun to me. 
Um, it looks like it still has the dashboard in it, so it may even have the VIN still. Um, it does say the title status is clean, so you're getting a title with this thing, assuming that that's true. But he listed the condition as fair. If Here's the thing. What's your definition of fair, buddy? <laughs> Uh, this is too fair gone is what we got here. But in all seriousness, I think it would be a great candidate for a race car. You may think different. You may see this car and go, hey, send it to the scrapper. Scrap that thing. It's only worth its weight and scrap. But I disagree. I think this thing could be resurrected, brought back, and, you know, given track duty. That's what I think. Or maybe even streetcar duty if, you know, you did it right. For me... I just like the idea of a purpose-built drag car. So that's the direction I would go with this thing for 1500 bucks. Now, I did a little preliminary research and found that, you know, all said and done with just the body panels alone and a couple new quarters, you're looking at around five or 6000 And that's for having just the body panels needed to replace the ones that are gone. So... You know, maybe we could get this thing into a body in white with all the tin work and the cage work done. Maybe we could get that all done for, say, less than 10000 And then we have a bunch of money to work with the engine. And, you know, I think that's a good direction to go. That's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. That was Project Car of the Day. No Mopar left behind. Today's high-performance part belongs to the Plymouth Roadrunner in the TV show Jericho. Now, it appears that the car is a 1969, but they've definitely used more than one Plymouth B-body in this show. The information I've gathered is that there's possibly three, and there were no real Roadrunners used. They were all clones, but no real details other than that. But Jericho is a TV series that ran from 2006 to 2008. Jericho is a post-apocalyptic TV show set in a fictional city called Jericho in Kansas. And it's basically what happens after a nuclear attack happens on a bunch of major cities in the United States. So there's a cool Roadrunner in it or a Roadrunner clone. We'll call it a Roadrunner, okay? There's a cool Roadrunner in it. Check it out. It's always fun to see these cars on TV and in movies because you know what you're looking at. You're a Mopar guy. And you can see when different cars are interchanged throughout the show or throughout the movie. So that's always fun to do. I like doing that. I like seeing a car in a movie and then, you know, in one scene it gets sideswiped. And in the next scene, you know, it has the mirror that just got knocked off. You know, crazy stuff like that. But Jericho's got a Roadrunner in it or a Roadrunner clone. Go check it out. That was high-performance parts. Today's listener story comes to us from Brent Jackson. Here is Brent's story. My name is Brent, and I am a fellow Moparian as well. I have always been a Mopar driver since my first vehicle I bought and learned how to drive with, that being a 1999 Dodge Ram 1500 with the 5.9 liter V8. Throughout my 10 years of driving, I've been through five different Ram trucks, an 87, 99, 04, 06, and currently a 10. I've only had exposure to the Ram trucks up until three years ago. That's when I feasted my eyes on what a renter left at my father's storage property, a bay that used to be full of many intakes and models of cars, was empty except for one Mopar. 
and that Mopar was a 1974 Dodge Challenger. How I ended up finally getting the car in my name will have to be another story for another time, but it has been my project car ever since. Three years later and the car is nearly complete. I also have its first car show scheduled and ready to go. It'll be at the World of Wheels car show here in Omaha, Nebraska. Talk about starting big, huh? Anyway, sorry for taking too much of your time, but I appreciate what you do with your podcast. I was never into podcast listening and started with yours for the mutual appreciation for Mopars. I look forward to talking to you more and I appreciate your time. Sincerely, Brent Jackson. Hey Brent, thanks for sending in your story. Sorry it took so long. And for those of you out there listening, Brent actually sent in a follow-up story to the story of his 1974 Challenger. So we'll be sharing that one tomorrow. But Brent, thanks for sending in the story. It's nice to see that you have a e-body because those are really hard to find these days for a decent price. I hope you didn't get raked over the coals on it. I hope everything went well. And I hope you got it for a good deal. But it seems to me like you're happy with your current Mopar situation and that's all that counts. Brent, thanks again for sending in your story and we'll get to part two tomorrow on Listener Stories. All right, folks, buckle up because we are heading back to Scat City. And this time we're going for a ride with Dandy Dick Landy, drag racing legend, as he tests a 1970 Super B with a six pack. So let's hear what Dandy Dick Landy had to say about the Super B. Cigar Chomp and Dick Landy is a national Superstock drag racing champion, driving darts and chargers, holder of Superstock factory national record and countless track records. Let's get one thing straight first. The 1970 Dodge Super B was designed to provide a full-sized car with a lot of performance and a minimum of gingerbread. To provide it with stuff that only affects performance. And that's why Super B's standard engine is the Husky 383 cubic inch V8 with heads right off the big 440 Magnum, which has got to be the hot setup. Super B is truly the budget supercar for the man who wants a big car performance without spending a bundle for it. The Super B I tested had the swinging six-pack setup, three mind-blowing two-barrel Holly carbs on a new high-rise manifold, all bolted on the 440 Magnum engine. Biggest problem was getting off the line without smoking it. Feather foot definitely required. The engine, by the way, has had some extra care applied. Optional special cams, mains, and crank. It can take it. The hood has hinges this year. Nice when you check the oil and the scoops feed directly into the Hollies. If the marine-like exhaust rumble doesn't tell you the engine's running, the optional tack will. By the way, I'm not going to give this Super B six-pack back to the factory. I'm buying it for my wife. She doesn't care if its clutch pedal pressure is a little high. She loves the optional full synchro four-speed manual. She doesn't care if its clutch pedal pressure is a little high. She loves the optional full synchro four-speed manual. I told her so. And that was Dick Landy's assessment of the 1970 Dodge Super B with the 446-pack packing. 335 horsepower at 5,200 RPM, and 425 pound-feet of torque at 3,400 RPM. What a beast, and no one better than Dandy Dick Landy himself being the one to test drive the latest six-pack. That was our tour of Scat City today. Tune in again tomorrow when we take another tour of Scat City with legendary drag racer Don Garlitz in a 1970 Challenger RT. There you have it, my friends. 
episode number two of Listener Appreciation Week is in the books. For more information about this podcast or to listen and subscribe to the show, please visit TalkingMopars.com. And don't forget that you can send me your stories, questions, comments, complaints, suggestions, and everything else that is on your mind to Chris at TalkingMopars.com. Or you can even leave me a voice message on my voicemail box. The number is 209-28-MOPAR. And if you share a voice message, then I'll share it on the show. Also, don't forget that on Friday, I'm going to be launching the Talking Mopar store where you can get all sorts of cool things like t-shirts, stickers, and more. We'll have stuff for men, women, and children too. So if you want to help support the show and get some really cool stuff at the same time, be on the lookout for the launch of the store on Friday. That's it, folks. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.